Hello and welcome to Series 2, Episode 27 of the LDS Study Session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host as always, Matthew Roberts, and today uh, we're going to look at something uh, closely related to what we've looked at recently with the restoration focus that we've uh, been having. We've only got two more months left until this uh, you know, supposed great and memorable general conference, and uh, this is something that relates quite nicely. So I, I, I strongly recommend, if you haven't yet, to study the uh, First Vision, Joseph Smith Papers podcast. Uh, and also, we're going to look at something today fairly closely related to this. It's actually a website uh, which, I was point, which was pointed out to me a few weeks ago. Uh, and it's not a new site, but it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, it's called... Seven Things We Now Know About the Lost 116 Pages of the Book of Mormon. And I say it's not that new, actually. It is is pretty new. It's a few weeks old. Uh, But the story was originally published uh, a couple of years ago now. Uh, And because of studies of the Joseph Smith papers and other research, there's a few things which we now know a bit more about the the translation process. A few of these things you have probably heard before, but a few of them might give you a few extra insights. So I'm going to share them with you now, uh, but I'm going to post the link uh, in the show notes. And so if you want to have a look and study yourself, that'd be fantastic. Uh, So starting straight in with number one. It says, Joseph and Emma worked together as husband and wife on the first part of the translation. Now, this is probably something that uh, many of us knew, and actually because of uh, videos that the church has published and more explanations that they have used, this is pretty much common knowledge now that Emma Smith at some point uh, acted as a a scribe for for Joseph. We know this because obviously she, she talks about the name Sariah, uh, and also about how or that how Joseph couldn't pronounce the name Sariah, but also how he was shocked to find out as he was translating that Jerusalem had walls. Now, what this tells us, if you have a look at the um, the actual the papers of the original man- manuscripts, her handwriting does, doesn't appear on it. And as you're talking about Sariah and the walls walls of Jerusalem and things like that, it must be uh, the case that Emma assisted Joseph toward the beginning of the story during the 116 pages, and was therefore one of the first scribes of the work of translation. The second thing uh, which, we, which we learn about the, uh, the lost 116 pages was that Martin Harris considered the translation of this manuscript so important that he made huge sacrifices for this. Now again, many of us know that he did make great sacrifices, but some of the details that we, we, we may not know. For example, uh, Back at home, uh, Martin missed his daughter's wedding uh, during the time of April the 12th to, a- to June 24th, 1828. We now know that his daughter was was married in that time, and he, he stayed uh, he stayed where he lived uh, in harmony, or that where they were in harmony uh, to to complete this translation. Also, he missed the planting season. Now, this might not seem that particularly important to us today. But for those who work in agriculture and, and that kind of thing, they will know just how vital and how uh, what a tremendous sacrifice this was. This basically meant that Martin Harris gave up, you know, a whole season's, if not a whole year's worth of uh, income and wealth for, you know, helping to translate the book. Uh, and so that must have been that made, makes it clear to us that Martin clearly recognised or or felt how important this translation process was. Uh, the third item on the list. Uh, is that Joseph Smith disclosed some of the contents of the lost 116 pages to others. Uh, 
it talks about how the, there were some details that Franklin D. Richards overheard. Obviously, he, he shared much with his father, Joseph Smith Sr., who also shared some of that with the Palmyra residents in Fayette Lapham in 1830. Uh, so there's a lot of information here uh, that it took uh, many people a long time to discover about the uh, 116 pages. Some of these details included the, uh, the method of translation or kind of the order of translation uh, from the small plates and Mormon's abridgment. Some of these things, which it took, like I mentioned just then, took many people uh, another century to find out. There's also more stories about Lehi, Nephi, and Mosiah uh, that aren't in the original Book of Mormon text but fit these characters and fit the, the context that, that, that we find them in in the, in, the, in the Book of Mormon or in the available Book of Mormon text uh, that aren't there now. Unfortunately, those stories aren't uh, written on the article, and so once I finish with this, I'm going to be searching for that as well because I find that particularly interesting. Uh, in number four, uh, it talks about how Ishmael was of the tribe of Ephraim, uh, again, uh, because we know that Lehi was of the tribe of Manasseh. Uh, that kind of uh, puts a question mark over the uh, attributing the Book of Mormon to the whole stick of Ephraim and the stick of Judah uh, analogy in Ezekiel. But... Uh, this stick of Ephraim, uh, we learn, if we if we had the, the last 116 pages, we learn that Ishmael uh, was of the tribe of Ephraim, making the, the, the two groups a blend of Manasseh and Ephraim, the two sons of Joseph. Uh, and so that's where that, that comes into, which I hadn't really considered before, because obviously we talk about it, the stick of Ephraim uh, being the Book of Mormon people, but then also we know that, that Lehi was of the tribe of Manasseh. So... That, that was a particularly interesting insight, which I hadn't really considered before, but makes a lot of sense. Uh, number five, Lehi's temporal deliverance from the destruction of Jerusalem occurred during a Jewish feast that symbolized the redemption of the world by the Messiah. Now, this is interesting because Joseph Smith Sr. Uh, also described how a great feast was going on in Jerusalem at the time of Lehi's departure. And this answers a number of things, including how or why Laban was, was drunk in the middle of the street. Uh, the fact that he was out by night with the elders of the Jews like, kind of signified that, that a festival or a, or a celebration was going on. Uh, and for, if, you, if you look at this further, uh, it, it talks about how the first story of the Book of Mormon, this temporal deliverance that Lehi had was, was, symbol, was symbolic of the feast that was going on, that he would, they were physically saved, and it was foreshadowing the spiritual salvation uh, of of the of all the world, some people uh, dis dis explain it as the Passover, uh, but that what you know is an interesting insight to why Laban was just out on the street drunk. Uh, number six, the last one hundred and sixteen pages answered questions raised in the available Book of Mormon text. So many things uh, that we didn't have questions for. Or, well, we have questions for, but maybe don't have answers about. But uh, for example, the Urim and Thummim. So there's a question here about how they got the Urim of Thummim. Uh, the brother of Jared received the interpreters, or Urim of Thummim, and that got to the Nephites. So some would say, well, that's, they obviously got those interpreters when they found the, the kind of remnants of that civilization and they found the plates that the Jaredites kept. But actually, the, it tells us in the book, in Mosiah chapter 8, verses 16 to, uh, 6 to 14, that they had already got the interpreters before they found the 24 Jaredite plates. So the question remains then is how did they find these interpreters? It's not in the original Book of Mormon text. However, 
you know, many, many years previous in 1830, in this discussion uh, in 1830, Joseph Smith Sr. described a story where the ne one of the, the, the ancient Nephites was led to these interpreters by the Liahona. Uh, now, again, this is only, well, barely a year after the Book of Mormon has been published. So it's not a case of, you know, him trying to cover up cracks in the story. This was obviously something which he had heard about and read about in the years that he had the, the privilege and opportunity to be able to read this original text of the original 116 pages or at least hear, hear the stories from his son about them. And then, less than a year later, when, this, the, the, when the available Book of Mormon has been translated and published, uh, he's able to share this story. Uh, it also talks uh, in number seven, the lost 116 pages identify the temple as a place to converse with God through the veil. Again, uh, Joseph Smith Sr., uh, talks about the interpreters, finding the interpreters, uh, and then taking them into a tabernacle or a portable temple to ask the Lord how to use them. Uh, and then when when Mosiah, or what they think is Mosiah, with these interpreters entered the tabernacle, the Lord asked, what is in your hand? Mosiah responded that he didn't know, but he had come to inquire, and the Lord revealed the answer. Uh, just like we go to the temple today to learn things that we do not know, uh, this was foreshadowed uh, in, in the Book of Mormon many years before a, t a temple was built in, the, in these latter days. Uh, so that, again, is you know an, another interesting insight. So, again, some things there which you probably may have knew some, of, some about, uh, some things about, uh, and maybe you want to, might want to go research a bit more as well. I, I know I certainly do. Uh, but, you know, these little details, these insights, which, you know, are clearly just pieces that people have shared from what they've heard and read about, demonstrates, again, just the, the fullness and, and the his, historic, historicity of the Book of Mormon and how it is a, a translated text rather than a story that was made out of whole cloth. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm grateful uh, to be able to have studied this, and I hope that you enjoy having a look at it yourself when you uh, have a look at the link in the show notes. Uh, that's it for the study today. If there's anything that you've been studying, I'd love to hear it at MattessRoberts90 on Twitter or email ldsstudysession at gmail.com. Thanks again for your time and until we meet again.